This morning, this morning, we're talking about biblical fellowship. And that's exactly what we did just then. That you are part of a family that's way bigger than yours, that transcends blood, it transcends problems, it transcends states and cities and backgrounds and cultures. You are part of something way bigger than this church. It exists outside of this church. It exists outside of this state, outside of this country, outside of this nation, outside of this world. You belong to a big family, an unchanging, unchangeable family. And so it's funny because as we see that we belong to such a great entity that is supposed to be so personal, there's times in our life where we just feel alone. I talked about that last week where I felt like I just didn't belong at some point. When I realized if I went back and looked at that part of my life where I felt like I was just not belonging, I realized that everything was there for me to belong except relationship. I didn't have relationship. And so this morning when I was thinking about the times in our life that spiritually we walk through some dry seasons, have you ever walked through some dry seasons with the Lord before? Difficult. It felt like, has anybody ever trained in sand before? You ran in sand before. It's, it's, a, it's hard to do. Played volleyball in sand. And sometimes that's what, that's what your spiritual walk feels like. It's, just, it's always just shifting, moving uh, left to right. And sometimes we find ourselves on spiritual islands. We find ourselves in places where we feel like, how in the world? We, I know we're not alone, but yet we feel alone. And so I would just tell you this morning is to remind you is that if, if Christ is your Savior, you belong to a body. You belong to the body. In fact, you belong to one body this morning. And there's no reason for you to feel lonely. That's just the enemy doing what he does. But thank God we have the word of God for truth to remind us who we belong to. And so I would ask you this morning before we pray, are you doing life alone? Are you alone? Because there's no need for that. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord, as we talk about fellowship, the way your word talks about fellowship, Lord, download into our minds, but most importantly, God, I pray, download into our, heart, our hearts, Lord. We, we need something, we need a truth, God, that replaces a lie in our heart. God, something the enemy has sown, the culture has taught us, Father, and we need you to do surgery this morning, God, and take out those things, Father, that are not true, that do not hold up to the word of God, and we need you to insert your word into our heart, and that your word, Father, would come out, Father, through our mind and through our actions and through our behaviors and our attitudes, Lord. We need your word, God, to define us, Lord. Make us a people of your word and make us identifiable, God, in the world as people of your world. Let them see your word being practiced in our life, Lord. And so I pray today, Father, whatever is uh, an impediment, God, to our growth in biblical fellowship, I pray, Lord, you would search it out and remove it and replace it, Father, with your truth that frees us to know real life. In Jesus' name, amen. Two things I, I want you to know this morning. Number one, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that a unified body is a fellowship of believers that is life-giving. That's what I want you to know. 
And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to be a unified body. Now, I told you last week I, I was going to kind of bring the dump truck, and so I, I went ahead and threw some notes up there for you if you want to grab those really quick. And this time I took my big body Scotty alias off of there so y'all wouldn't be laughing at me while I'm preaching. Let me, let me show you what it looked like last week. Well, I, well last time I gave that, I, I gave that link out, and people were up there like this. And so it was really hard for me to be serious, you know. And so uh, I'm not going to dump all of it on you because uh, I know some of y'all drove a Prius this morning, you know, so I can't really download the whole dump truck on you or uh, Pacer, I don't know, something like that. But, uh, and so we're going to get into it a little bit um, I'm talking about fellowship. Webster's definition of fellowship is simply this. It's a community of interest, activity, feeling, or experience. The communities that you belong to, what we see in the world, a secular definition would be things that have a common interest, common activity, a common feeling, or a common experience. That's, that's pretty clear. I double-checked that a few different places. I even checked ChatGPT just to make sure, you know, that's, if it agreed, and that it did. And so I, as I, I thought through that, I thought, well, what are some examples of those things that, um, are, uh, uh, that embrace those, that definition? And so here are a few things. Social justice collectives is a community of like-minded people. They, they're united in activism. Uh, they, they have a fellowship. The support groups, people facing, you know, challenges of grief and, and addiction come together for mutual support or encouragement. Team sports, teammates that offer uh, involving mutual respect, uh, support, shared goals, those things we can consider a fellowship to some degree. And online communities, that's, that's places where you go online and you share an interest and experience. And since you can't find nobody around here that likes the things that you like, then you find it online because you know your tribe is out there somewhere, right? But just not here. And so when Luke writes about fellowship, what is he getting at? Because he says that, that, the, that the early church, this church that God put together, that this church was devoted to fellowship. So was he equating that their fellowship as being something we rally around out of a matter of equality? Is our fellowship a community based on past hurt and present addictions? Is our fellowship a means to win a temporary trophy? Is our fellowship a virtual relationship that validates a tangible interest? Is that what the church of God is? Or is it something higher? Is it something more permanent, more established? Those things are a subjective fellowship. That means those things can come and they can go. Uh, those things don't have anything permanent. Those communities lack something that, is, um, uh, that can be reflected throughout all eternity. They're just momentary. Because if equality is reached, then there's no need for acti activism. If hurts and addictions are resolved, there is no community. And, and once the sports end, I, I hate to say this, but the team ceases sometimes. And if you don't pay your internet bill, then guess what? You lost your access to your family online. But what I find simply is this, is that even in all these attempts of their subjective fellowship, everything that they're looking for is really found in the church. The Lord can provide all of our needs 
according to his riches and glory, but also our relational needs are found in the church. Let me explain this morning. If we look at the New Testament church, what we see uh, in, a, in a one particular word, which is a, a tremendous word, it carries a, a, a humongous amount of weight. We read in Acts 2.42, it says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. That's a big, big word. It just doesn't just mean what we're trying to make sense today, but it has a, a big definition behind that to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So the Greek word that we are looking at here for fellowship just means kanonia, kanonia, and, and it has a, def- a different definition of our traditional view of the word fellowship. In fact, kanonia is the New Testament word that is teaching us what biblical fellowship is. So everywhere we look up this word, kanonia, we see biblical fellowship being displayed. So if we were to ask ourselves, because last week I said that when we read the Word of God, it says they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to fellowship. What we see there is that both of these concepts were elevated at the same, the same level, and everything else was a, uh, an overflow or an outcome of them being devoted to the truth of God and being devoted to relationships to walk out the truth of God. It's no good for you and I to know the truth and not walk in the truth. There was a certain group of people who only knew the Word of God and didn't do the Word of God, and those people were called Pharisees. And you and I, we don't want to be that way. I don't want to just know the right things. I want to walk out those right things. And it should be easier for me to walk out the truths of God with my church family. I'm praying because I'm praying that you guys are going to give me grace, much like I would give you grace. And so here we are in a setting, in a situation that as we learn the truths of his word, 